0: Maybe even track down some of the other teachings that we have available through podcasts, whether it's through Audible or Spotify or Apple Podcasts. You can do all of that at our church website at calvarydivine.org. That's calvarydivine.org. Today, if you have your Bibles ready, we'll be in the book of 1 Peter, chapter 1, verse 2. I entitled this simply, Hope and Salvation. Here is the second half and conclusion of this two-part study. The will of god what is good and acceptable because you haven't renewed your mind that's why pastors all the time read the word of god spend time in the word of god meditate on the word of god chew on the word of god which you meditate on take time to 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 understand it to apply it to be obedient to it and we just neglect it we don't make time for it it's important for us to understand like if we're to to know what is good and acceptable and perfect I can't do that without the Word of God because I can tell you what's not perfect and what's not acceptable and Mike knew what all those things were but that's not the will of God. We have to have that that guide. We have to have the transforming and the renewing of our minds, the washing of our minds with the Word of God to remove all the stuff of the the, the world, the culture. We need that. We need all that stuff to be washed out. Renew my mind. You ever watch the news and you're just like, ugh. (laughs) You need to renew your mind. You ever watching TV and you're like, what was that? The commercial comes on and you're like, ugh. Just change the channel. I have to yell that out sometimes because the commercials now. Well, just change the channel. We need our minds renewed. Those images, those things have to be like, get it out of there. You can't even watch commercials now. Even on the evening news. So we need that. We, we need to have our minds transformed and renewed. So that way we can prove what the will of God is for our life. What is good and acceptable and perfect. So as we go through sanctification. Remember it is the work of God the Spirit. It is the work of the Holy Spirit. And, and it, it empowers you. And guides you and directs you. But if you're not connected to the power of the Holy Spirit. This is part of the issue. Okay. That's part of the issue. And it says. uh, uh, As it says. Sanctifying the work of the Spirit. To obey Jesus Christ. And being sprinkled with his blood. I love this. To obey Jesus Christ. Part of our obedience to Christ. As we walk with him. is We we learned this in Ephesians chapter 2. When we were in it. In Ephesians chapter 2, it says, And you were dead in your offenses and sins, in which you previously walked according to the course of the world. According to the prince of the power of the air and the spirit uh, uh, is now working in the sons of disobedience. Among them, we too all previously lived in the lust of our flesh, indulging the desires of the flesh and, the mind, and of the mind, and were by nature children of wrath, just as the rest but God being rich in his mercy because of his great love which he loved us even when we were dead in our wrongdoings made us alive together with Christ by grace you have been saved when we see the work of the spirit one of the things we are called to do is to obey Jesus Christ but it's it's by the love of God it's by grace that we were saved not by works there's nothing that I can do in my flesh to please God. Nothing. We're to be led by the Spirit. I can't obey God without being led by the Spirit. It's, you know, we we have to have. This is why Peter covers the Trinity here in these verses: God the Father, God the Son, God the Spirit. Because you you need all three. You need all three. And he's saying, look, you are to be obedient to my son, Jesus Christ. Because you used to follow the prince and the power of the air. You were, you were an enemy to God. You were following Satan. So was I. I was doing the work of Satan. Pushing the culture. I remember being a DJ in Hawaii. Living a life of sin. And then pushing on those as I, I would DJ all the high school parties. And I can remember playing Cypress Hill and NWA and all this. And I was pushing this filth on these kids because I was an enemy of God. But God, who was rich in his mercy, saved me. Right? He saved you. And now we're like, oh, no, we ain't. I'm not messing with that. I want to be obedient to God. I don't want to go back to that. And so we need to be reminded that in that obedience, we're empowered by the Spirit But it says this in Romans chapter 8, verses 7 and 8. Because the mind set on the flesh is hostile towards God. For For it does not subject itself to the law of God. For it is not even able to do so. And those who are in the flesh cannot please God. So when you're in the flesh, and make sure you get this. You understand like stealing is wrong right when you're in the spirit you already know there's commandment thou shall not steal right when you're in the flesh and you're not walking with God you don't care but you have a guardrail of the law right like you know that I'm not supposed to do so should you be stealing on your taxes no right you have a guardrail should you should you commit murder if you were not following God, you may do that. But you can assassinate somebody's character. And, and, and God said, you know, that's one of the things. It's like it's just as if you committed murder. You have the guardrail. Be obedient to, the, to Christ. Don't be in your flesh. Because when you're in your flesh, you're actually going against God. You're going against God, and it will stunt your growth spiritually. So if you falter, if you fall, you need to repent and turn back to Christ. It's very important. This is why I tell y'all, like part of your your prayer life has to be the adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. You need to confess every day. You need to confess every day. You need to keep very short sinless with Jesus. Don't, Don't let things drag on because when things drag on, that's when drifting begins and you start allowing other things because you allowed that part of your flesh to go ahead and have that. You start letting other parts of your flesh to go ahead and do whatever it wants to do. So we got to feed, feed the spirit. Philippians chapter two, verses 12 through 13 says, so then my beloved, just as you have always been obeyed, not in my presence only, but know how much more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling for it is God who is who is at work in you both to desire and to work for his good pleasure he's like hey work out your salvation work out your salvation and and it's not by grumbling it's by growing it's by doing the work for his good pleasure when you're serving others when you're thinking of others you're not thinking of you to do God's will is to be obedient to Him. In John 15, 10, it says, If you keep my commandments, you will remain in my love, just as I kept my Father's commandments and remained in His love. Obedience doesn't save us. It only, only faith in Christ saves us. But faith that is genuine produces obedience. That's why when you have two believers get upset with each other, Dr. Spivey sp- spoke about this yesterday when you have two people that are following Christ get upset with, you, with each other, if you're still trying to get your point across and the other person's just just submitted to God and is like trying to be humble, as it talks about in James, humble yourself, you're not trying to get your way anymore. You're just, God, whatever grace you need to show in this, whatever, humble me so that way you can work. But what'll happen is people will argue and they want to be heard. And instead of coming to a place where they can come to an agreement in Christ. Because it's not about being heard. It's about being right with God. That's the main thing. If you're grumbling and arguing with each other, you're not in, in, in right standing with God. Well, He's doing... Humble yourself before the Lord. Be obedient to what God has given you. And when you take the other person to go... This is what Dr. Spivey was saying. When you take the other person to sit down, you know, you take another person. It's not so you can get your point across and win your argument. It's so that your hearts are turned to Christ in obedience. And by you being obedient in that faith, you're producing, you're showing the production of faith in you. Like, Lord, forgive me. You took that, if you took that that way, I'm sorry because... Man, I need to work on the way that I'm presenting this or because that's not that's not how I was trying to get it out, but I said that and that's wrong. Humble yourself. Don't dig in because that's what causes church issues. That's what causes issues in families and marriages, is people dig in. I want to be right, I want my point heard, and then that's when that's when division begins. And the devil loves Division, he loves it. He's like, come on, because I want to still kill and destroy you, and I want to still kill and destroy you. And if I can get all these other people at the same time, I'm going to do it. And he'll do it. So part of our obedience is that we understand is that we are to keep his commandments, to remain in his love, and and by producing that, it's only our faith in Christ that saves us. But it's that genuine. Faith that produces obedience. In James chapter 2, verses 14 through 16, it says, What use is it, my brothers and sisters, if someone says he has faith but he has no works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or a sister is without clothing and in need of daily food, and one of you says to them, Go in peace and be warmed and be filled, yet you do not give them what is necessary for their body, what use is that? You know that's the reality of of. Um, I want to read that verse now because I'm stopping. I'm sorry. It's not in my notes, but it was something that we got yesterday, and I want to read that to you because I think we all need to hear that one today. James chapter four, and let's start it in. Uh, let's start verse one. What is the source of quarrels and conflicts among you? Is the source not your pleasures that w- that wage war against your body parts. Your lust and do not have so you commit murder. And you're envious and you cannot obtain so you fight and quarrel. You do not have because you do not ask. You ask you do not receive because you ask with the wrong motives. So that you may spend what you request on your pleasures and your adulterous. Your adulterous you adulterous do you not know that your friendships with the world is hostility towards, the, towards God? Therefore, whoever wants to be a friend of the world makes himself an enemy of God. Or do, you not, or do you think that the Scripture says to no purpose, he, je- he jealousy desires the Spirit whom he has made dwell in us, but he gives greater grace, therefore, it says. God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. Submit, therefore, to God, but resist the devil, and he will flee from you. Come close to God, and He will come close to you. Cleanse your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. He's telling you, like, pride, and you wanting your way, and you wanting to be right. That right there is what's going to get you in trouble. But He tells you God opposes the proud, but gives grace to what? The humble. And then He tells you to do what? To submit yourselves. And resist the devil. Because when you allow that division in, you're allowing the devil in. You've opened the door to the devil. And whether that's in church or in your home, when you have division, you've opened the door and, the, and, and you have to submit yourself to God. And I love that. He says, humble yourselves. Humble yourselves in the presence of the Lord and He will do what? He will exalt you. Humility. Humility is something that the, the world the world doesn't have today. Because see, what we, when we get in these arguments and stuff, we don't have humility. We, we're, we're wanting our way. That's not humility. That's being proud. You're being prideful. And God opposes the proud. Nothing that you do in your pride will succeed. Nothing. So that's why he's saying pride is disobedience. Be obedient. 2 Corinthians 10 verse 5 says, We are destroying speculations and every lofty thing raised up against the knowledge of God. We are taking every thought captive to the obedience of Christ. We're just walking with the Lord would be unobedient to Him. 1 John chapter 3 verse 10, By this children of God and the children of the devil are obvious. Anyone who does not practice righteousness is not of God, nor the one who does not love his brother and sister. He tells you that, that it is Christ that is uh, to obey Christ and to be sprinkled with his blood now Old Testament sir when when we look at the Old Testament or we look at the sprinkling of the blood we know that it was done as a covenant we know that Aaron and his sons were sprinkled with blood and we also know that it was part of the purification ceremony for the leopards but the sprinkling of blood that we have is that we are Covered by the blood of Christ. We, we are covered by the blood of Christ. Our sins have been covered. In 1 John chapter 1, verses 7 and 9, it says, But if we walk in the light, as He Himself is in the light, we have fellowship with one another. And the blood of Jesus, His Son, cleanses us from all sin. If we say we have no sin, we're deceiving ourselves. And the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins... He is faithful and righteous so that he will forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. We don't talk about the blood of Jesus Christ that often. In First Peter chapter 2, we see that it says, May grace and peace be multiplied to you. May grace and peace be multiplied to you. The grace of God, the unmerited favor of God, in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 3, it says, Blessed be the God and the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ. We bless the name of God and we speak well of Him. We praise Him because of the grace that has been given to us. And God invites us to praise Him. God wants us to be not just spectators, but servants, but it is with grace and humility that we serve. In James chapter four, verses six, it says, "But He gives us greater grace." That therefore, it says, "God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble." Well, there you go. You got it twice now. That's how we know we all needed. We all need greater grace. We all need to be able to exercise grace with others, right? But it's God's grace that inspires our servant, our, our serving. And First Corinthians 15:10 it says, "But by the grace of God, I am what I am." And his grace towards me did not prove vain, but I labored even more than all of them, yet not I, but the grace of God with me. Paul writing about grace. And we see that it was the grace that accomplishes the work in, of the early church in Acts chapter four verses 33. And with great power and the apostles were given testimony to the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and abundant grace was upon them all. So when we're, when we're walking and we're empowered by the Spirit as we're being sanctified, it's the grace of God that helps with that regeneration of our life that we are to become a new creation. It's by His grace. And it's also by His peace. And first in Philippians chapter four verses six and seven it says, Do not be anxious about anything, but in everything by prayer and pleading with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known to God, and the peace of God which surpasses all comprehensions will guard your hearts and minds in Christ. You know, we'll tell people that all the time. You know, may the peace of God which surpasses all understanding and comprehension guard your heart. But do we actually pray with them? Do we actually give thanks to God and make, make known the requests that they have? Do we actually sit and pray with them? You know, it's, it's important for us to remember that as, as a church. And we need to be prayerfully praying for people. I think about that verse that we just read about James. You know, what good is it to tell somebody, you know, they're, they're hungry and they're cold, and, and you just tell them, well, you have a good day, bro, and I'm head on out the door. We had a guy by the name of James that needed a Bible. He is on the edge of eternity. And what I mean by that, his toes are on the edge of eternity. He is done, unfortunately, with dialysis. There's really nothing else he can do. And he didn't know Christ. And he needed a Bible. So they called me. Now, can you imagine if I'm a pastor, I walk in and I go, here's your Bible. I'll see you later. What is that? That's not what God's called us to do. I'm like, hey, what's going on, James? He tells me everything, and I'm like, bro, do you know what's going to happen to you? Because, like, dude, your toes are on the edge of eternity. Do you know where you're going? I thank heaven. And I'm like, do you really want to risk it on a think, or do you want to know? I said, because the other alternative is hell. And right now, the thinking is going to get you to hell. See, when we when we have the opportunity, like, you have... A moment there to actually pray with somebody and i i just didn't pray with him as he came to faith i prayed for healing over him now you may go bro he's his ticket's punched healing's coming whether it's here or on when he's healed in glorification in heaven but i'm praying for healing for him And I'm praying that he has, I told him, I said, bro, I'm praying. I said, every day that you wake up, you thank God at that moment for that day. And every day before you go to bed, you ask God for another day. Don't stop doing that until he calls you to come home with him. Because, James, you have family members. You have people that need to know Jesus Christ that don't know him. And you're wanting to know if they're going to be in heaven with you. Right now, they're not. They need the gospel. We, we have to be willing to take time when somebody is anxious about, and it says, do not be anxious about what? Anything. This man's is, health is failing. Can you imagine the, an, the anxiety that he's, he's at home crying because he's by himself. And I told him, you're no longer by yourself, buddy. You have Jesus Christ. You're no longer by yourself. Cry out to him. There's peace that we have, we can bring because of Jesus. And that's what we should be doing. John sixteen thirty three says, These things I have spoken to you so that in me you may have peace. Our peace is found in Christ. In the world you have tribulation, but take courage. I have overcome the world. And that's the last verse here. And as Isaiah 26, 3. The steadfast mind you will keep in perfect peace because he trust you. So what is your application? I want y'all to actually take time and pray Psalm 143:10 this week. Teach me to do your will for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. Pray that. Man, there's no better thing for you to do than pray the scripture. The other thing is to remember that we're chosen, we're unqualified None of us were qualified. No matter how great you think you are, you're not qualified. We were none of us were qualified. We were all uh, unqualified. But we are unreserved and we should be a total surrender to Jesus Christ to do his will. Unqualified, unreserved, total surrender to Jesus Christ in obedience to do his will. That's my prayer for y'all. Cause when that happens, oh, man, God can use you in amazing ways. God can use you in amazing ways. And I, you know, we're going to go do this. Well, I'm not qualified, but I'll go because I have Jesus Christ. I'm going to be obedient to him, whatever it, that step of faith is that he needs me to take. I'm going to do it, and, and, and I'm going to see the Lord's will be done. It's all part of your sanctification. I don't know how many of y'all got to meet Kenny. Kenny's actually teaching kids horticultural. Teaching them how to plant and, and he's using scripture to try to help them do that. That's an amazing thing. Like use whatever God's, like where God has you. Allow yourself to be sanctified. in. Like you could be in a place right now at work and it's not a godly place. But God is using you to sanctify you to be more like Christ in that environment. To bring light and salt to the people around you. But are you going to be willing to allow the empowerment of the Spirit to do that? The work to be done. So pray Psalm 143.10. Teach me to do your will, for you are my God. Let your good spirit lead me on level ground. And if you're being prideful, humble yourself. Humble yourself. So easy to do that. So easy to do that. What a beautiful piece of Scripture. Right? We have the Trinity represented within these verses. Oh, it's not in the Bible.